0: Next on BYUSN, what are your bowl game expectations for BYU football given the current state of the roster and the coaching staff turnover? But is Jaron Hall playing? Kalani Sitake weighs in. We're playing. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, at least on this show. Presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, December 13th. I am Spencer Linton alongside recruiting expert Jaren Jordan.
1: Yes, there's nothing. We, we can't even mention <laughs> recruits' names on the show. Yeah, but recruiting, obviously, a big deal for BYU football. We're excited because in, what, eight days, uh, National Signing Day, the early period, which used to be like yes. just a couple guys signed. Nope, it's like the majority. Uh, we will have full coverage of that coming up in eight days right here. It's been very
0: Station. uneventful for me in the uh, recruiting world with BYU over the past few days on social media. Extremely yes, uneventful. Yes, it is.
1: Hey, keep your chin up. <laughs> on today's show, what are your expectations for the bowl game given the coaching and players' situation right now? BYU Radio's Riley Nelson weighs in, plus his memories from the New Mexico Bowl in 2010. Cougars let go of more football staff, we'll tell you who, and we found the drippiest Christmas Cougar coach. But first, today's headlines.
0: BYU football head coach Kalani Sitake, he stirred the pot a little bit with some roster news ahead of the New Mexico Bowl on Saturday, specifically saying, no decision has been finalized on the availability of Jaron Hall for Saturday's postseason game against the SMU Mustangs. Here's the coach.
2: Jaron has not been eliminated from contention to play, so there's uh, uh, there's that, and then uh, um, you know he hasn't uh, been participating as much as we'd like him to be in practices. But uh, this week will tell.
0: Of note, no Lopini Katoa at running back, but Chris Brooks, Miles Davis, and Hinkley Rapati are all good to go and expected to play.
1: Klamisake also mentioned strength and conditioning coaches Justin McClure and Utefisi have been released. Spencer Reed, Andy's son is the interim strength coach who has been an assistant this season.
0: Shout out to head coach Guard Young and BYU Gymnastics, who finished last season at number 24 in the national polls, have been invited to participate in the inaugural Super 16 Gymnastics Meet held in Las Vegas. The meet takes place January 6th and 7th and will feature powerhouse teams like Oklahoma, Georgia, Auburn, Stanford, and UCLA. Great challenge for BYU Gymnastics. All rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending.
1: Huka makes a sliding catch for six.
0: Who's in and who's out on the actual roster and on the coaching staff, for that matter? Jaron Hall, still not officially ruled out as we just documented at quarterback, but a bunch of other starters gonna will not They're play. They're never going to say, yeah, he's ruled out. Of course not. It's no. gamesmanship, it's right? Gamesmanship. It's gamesmanship. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of other starters will not play, and we know for sure of that in the New Mexico Bowl. We'll get to the specifics of that in just a moment. And, of course, uh, again, the coaching staff. Who's available to coach BYU's defense? Kalani Satake, Gennaro Guilford. That's it, man. Everyone else is gone. Some Gavin Fowler in the mix as an analyst.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you can use all the analysts. Yeah, of course.
0: Jerem, with BYU's current roster and coaching staff turnover... What are your expectations for the New Mexico Bowl in 2022?
1: I hate to say it, but I expect BYU to lose. Like, if BYU wins, it'll be awesome. And, and BYU needs to overcome a few things to do so. If Jaron Hall can't play, Cade Finnegan's got to have a good game. He's got to manage this game effectively. He doesn't have to throw for 300. Christopher Brooks though, and Hinkley Ropati, and Miles Davis though, they need to maybe run for 300. We've seen that in two games this year where BYU went 300 plus. They're coming off a season high 358 at uh, Stanford. And that was a winning formula when Jaron Hall went out. Now, Jaron played well and threw some touchdown passes, of course, prior to that. But my expectation is that BYU is going to have to do something drastically different if Jaron Hall cannot go. He has not been ruled out. I don't expect BYU to rule him out. They want SMU to prepare for Jaron Hall. But, uh, you know, with Jacob Conover gone, it would have been the same thing, which is, sorry, who's doing what? Uh, We haven't seen this kid play. That would have applied to Jacob, too, even if he was here. But uh, perhaps it's, it's Cade's show. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if Jaron doesn't play, as you pointed out, he will not have played in a bowl game at BYU. Which so is, weird. Which is pretty odd. The defensive staff is depleted. This, this BYU defense has given up 30-plus a game, 440 total. They've had issues this season, certainly. It doesn't help when most of the staff is gone. Like, I don't imagine it suddenly being better because you have fewer coaches there. So that concerns me as well. And then uh, here's the deal, though. Regardless of what happens, win or loss, we're going to flush this result down the toilet. You think? Because the Big 12 is next. I turn back to the 2015. We'll be excited that BYU recovered and won eight games, but given that the expectation was like 9.5, it's not going to be up to snuff, and so we'll just move on to the next thing soon after that.
0: If it's a loss, I 100% agree with you.
1: Yes. If it's a win, (laughs) like, dude, within days, we'll be like, Big 12, Big 12. Um, Either way. Remember 2015, BYU lost to Utah. We didn't sulk in that. What we did was get excited about the new hiring announcement of Kalani Satake. Great PR move by BYU. In the press box at Sam Boyd Stadium, they announced that Kalani was the coach. Kalani wasn't even there. It was just, hey, we're hiring Kalani, a.k.a. this is over. This season is over. Yeah, yeah, Who cares? Yeah. Like, So I don't expect a ton from this bowl game. I would love for BYU to win. I'm also intimidated by the way SMU is playing. The last seven, as I mentioned, five and two. The two losses respectable. Close to Cincinnati, blowout loss to Tulane, who's the New Year's 6G5 team. They're playing good ball. BYU is coming in depleted. Yes. This is UAB part no, no, two. it's not even that
0: good there's for BYU. There's no Tyler Algier and there's no Baylor on. Exactly. Running. It's not that good for like, BYU. I,
1: I know I'm probably supposed to sell the ball game because we've got a pregame show, but I, I am interested to see that if BYU's defense can play better than it has, and then somehow that run game saved BYU. Even if Jaron Hall plays this, this still might not be a BYU win. Like, this is interesting on a lot of fronts. I hope BYU pulls it out.
0: For sure. Yeah, and you said it. This is the Independence Bowl, but BYU's in worse shape than they were going into that game against UAB. And you don't have Tyler Algier. You have your third-string quarterback, we think, most likely will start in Cade Finnegan. (laughs) Who was injured who is also recently, yeah, coming out of a boot with an ankle injury. So what's BYU going to get from Cade Fennigan? What am I supposed to expect when this roster is now depleted more so than last year's roster was going into the bowl game and the coaching staff has been turned over? Like, what is it fair to expect BYU to go in this game and win? Oh, yeah, BYU, no problem, next
1: man up. It is not, but we will do so regardless.
0: I do expect to be surprised a little bit by Cade Finnegan. I that, that's yes, I, please. I expect that. Please, it's like oh, okay. Look at that! Yeah, look, look at, at, at that, that, that throw! Because we'll be that's like nice oh, play. someone, someone else threw a pass. That yeah, <laughs> We saw what? We saw three passes from other people, not or from people not named Jaron Hall this year.
1: Chase Roberts is the greatest quarterback in BYU history, <laughs> according to his passer rating. You know what I mean against
0: Baylor? But yeah, one of them was a receiver. <laughs> I mean we saw Jacob Conover throw one pass this season. Into is that the right? dirt. Yeah. And we just haven't seen it. But so I expect to be Good surprised by Cade Fennegan. Yeah. And reports coming out of practice are that Cade's arm is really strong. And Aaron Roderick has said that before. Like, yeah. oh, he's got a great arm.
1: It's just different when you're the potential For starter. Sure. We'll see. Hopefully Jaron plays. If not, Cade's the guy.
0: I expect, and I've said this before on the show as well, BYU to implement a game plan like we saw specifically against ECU and go heavy on the run game against a porous run defense in SMU. It's
1: everything defense.
0: The advantage that BYU has on SMU is clearly the offensive line matched up against SMU's front. Can BYU maintain the ball and run it essentially down SMU's collective throat and keep the ball for a long time and keep it away from the SMU offense? I expect BYU to try and do that and have a game plan just like ECU. If they do that, they got a shot. What's the defense going to look like, though? We're talking about your three top linebackers are all out. Yep. No Keenan Peely, no Peyton Wilgar, no Max Tooley. You still have Ben Bywater. You got Ben Bywater back there. But those three gone, it's tough. It's now... Fisher Jackson, that's going to get some Caffucci. run, and Jackson Kafusi is going to yeah. be elevated in a bigger role. Yep. Maybe BYU yep. plays dime the whole time, and maybe they should play dime the whole time maybe. because SMU is going to chuck it all over the place. Maybe
1: uh, Pepe Tanovas the other. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Th- does BYU run one or two linebackers the whole game and just keep I a bunch I, of defensive? I, backs I say on drop a
1: zone. Just tip the <laughs> cap. Tip the- <laughs>
0: No, the, the key is BYU holding on the football. So I expect him to yeah. try and do that and and flex on SMU with the BYU offensive line. But yes, yeah.
1: Christopher Brooks needs one of those games where he goes for like 150. He, he's the dude. He had he 164 is the dude. against Stanford. Uh, great game, 135 against South Florida. It'd be nice if it was one of those games. If Christopher Brooks doesn't run for 150, I don't think BYU wins. Like, even if he runs for 150, it might be a stretch. It's got to be one of those BYU's days.
0: rushing attack collectively needs to rush for 150-plus, for sure. Oh, you, Spence, you have, you it have needs
1: to, to be 250-plus. Yeah. Like, 150 will not even approximate winning. Like, that, you're assuming that you're throwing for 250 because BYU's going to need 400 to 500 yards to win
0: this game. Yeah, just hold like, on to the ball if as If BYU sub as 400, loss. Loss. This is a a worse scenario, again, than BYU had in the Independence Bowl. It's tough. And, you know, we felt okay because we had confidence in Baylor Romney. And BYU had Tyler Algier. And Tyler Algier did his thing. He was awesome in the Independence Bowl.
1: But Baylor threw threw for sub 200, which uh, probably was too low. Probably needed to be in the 250 range. If Samson Nakua, if the refs call that. No, I'm not going to blame it on the ref. BYU just didn't win the game. BYU just didn't win It the game. wasn't
0: a fumble, but BYU S- shouldn't have been in that situation.
1: SMU on paper is not as good as that UAB team last year, though, by the way. Um, their offense is better. Yes. They're playing better at this time of the year. They have better, uh, better quarterback and receiver. Their defense is worse. So those numbers, you know, there's certain things that make you feel like, well, maybe BYU can do it. It's just that we just don't know what you're going to get out of the quarterback. We never go into a game feeling good about BYU when we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback. Maybe this is Cade Fennegan's moment. Because if you're Cade, think about the opportunity here. Should Jaron not go? Hey, I know they're going to bring in maybe one or two, at least one, maybe two guys. I'm competing for the starting spot next year. What if I have a great bowl game? That would really catapult Cade into an interesting place. Should he have a great sure. game? And, and if BYU wins, like this is an opportunity for Cade. He came to BYU for this type of game. Yeah. So maybe he rises up in a way that we haven't anticipated. We've just seen him play once. It was against one of the best BYU teams ever in 2020. And it was tough for him to navigate that as a guy who that week probably wasn't expecting to play much. He admitted as much in deep blue. Hey, I'm third string. Suddenly he's in the game uh, against BYU, a team he grew up rooting for. His dad played here, dot, dot, dot. And he has two touchdowns at the very end once the game is over. That was nice. But they were honestly, they were sort of garbage yards and touchdowns. The game was over. But it was something positive for a young quarterback. But in the big scheme of things, like, well, yeah, BYU's playing. It's third stringers. Whatever. This is Cade Fennigan's moment. And maybe he does something. But it's hard to expect him to do something. If he does it, it will be
0: a surprise and awesome. He has nothing to lose. Sure. Seriously, he has nothing to lose. He's not supposed to win the game. No. He will surprise us. There will be some throws and some plays. Like, And he's pretty athletic. He can run around a yep. little bit. Even though he's been injured, we'll see him scramble and make some plays, and people be like, okay. But this is his opportunity to solidify himself as the number two at BYU, behind whoever BYU brings in from the transfer portal. Well, or in if his Aaron mind, comes to back,
1: be the guy. To compete
0: for like, the job. Hey, I, I want to be the guy. Let me show you in a game. I don't know if a bowl game is enough, but maybe it's enough to Probably get, not, to but. grant Aaron Rodgers some confidence that, okay, let's have a competition.
1: Well, and if BYU brings in a, a really um, you know, good, capable quarterback, Cade might be like, well, let me show you in practice, and I'm the guy.
0: You know, who knows? Cade has an advantage. He knows the BYU offense better than whoever their yeah. Cougars are going to bring in at this point. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this, this is opportunity knocks.
1: And what's Cade's story? Cade is a, a kid that comes out of Dallas, played at high-level football in Texas, does really well.
0: Was probably Cliff, recruited by SMU. I don't I know need to follow up Probably. On that. Probably was. Probably.
1: Cliff Kingsbury um, is the head coach at North Texas at the time, and he, he really wants Cade. He really wants him, and Cade's interested. Then Cliff goes to be the OC at USC, and at the end of Cade's mission, he gets a lot of interest by USC to go there. Like, that's how respected Cade was at high school. Ends up going to Boise State, felt like it was a good fit. Ends up having an opportunity to be a, a scholarship quarterback at BYU, and here he is. And now he's got a chance, perhaps, in the New Mexico
0: Bowl. I can't wait for Cade Fennigan to start for the Arizona Cardinals. And for the story to be completed, <laughs> for Cliff Kingsbury.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, oh sorry, sorry. Not Cliff Kingsbury. Graham Harrell. Oh, Graham Harrell. Okay, Graham. Graham, Graham, Harrell, Graham Harrell's not at North Cliff, Texas. Not Cliff Kingsbury. Then USC. No. Yeah. Wrong wrong, uh, <laughs> wrong
0: Texas Tech quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, I what do I expect? I expect BYU to battle hard. Like that's what BYU sure. does. They play hard. Well, we'll I be, expect we'll that every game. It's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Like I'm very intrigued by this game because of so many new pieces. For sure, I'm scared to death and I'm excited at the same time. What? I mean, if I said to you. Like just looking at BYU's opening day roster compared to what they're going to roll out in the bowl game, I said, "Oh, oh okay. it's bad, dude." No Jaron, no Gunner, no Lopini, no Keenan Peely, no Peyton Wilgar, no Max Tuli, no Malik Moore. Your top four defenders,
1: I say, are all out. No uh, win. You say no win. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. right. Yeah.
0: It is fair to expect BYU to fall short in this game, but that doesn't take away from the idea that there is always hope.
1: Well, and, hope is all we have. And does uh SMU not not stir up comeback yes. emotions? Yes. Perhaps the comeback isn't 21 with 420 left in the game. It's well, even our own guys were saying we were going to lose this on our air. <laughs> like we're depleted staff and and roster and maybe that's sort of the summoning that some sure. of these backups need for BYU. Well, yeah,
0: maybe they're the nothing to lose attitude. Perhaps is So beneficial for BYU that they go out and they just ball out, and the offensive line is awesome. And And BYU establishes a run game with Chris Brooks. And I'm telling you, this doesn't matter. Like, if BYU
1: loses, we'll just go, yo, Big 12, baby. If BYU wins, we'll be like, sweet, eight. But if if they win, we'll say,
0: oh, man, they did it with a third-string quarterback and a bunch of reserves.
1: Awesome. We'll play that card again from 2019 Boise State. Absolutely. Like, we, we
0: will. yeah. So, but if it's a loss, you're
1: right. Like now, nah, nah, Big Twelve. Whatever. It's all good. Oh, we're going to a P5. We didn't even care about this G5 but opponent. But if
0: BYU wins. Oh, BYU fans will play that card so hard. Oh my gosh, can you believe with all of this, the depleted roster and a, you know a a, a very what? short stack scenario on the coaching front that BYU got it done. Rasheed Rice will be like with the Ravens <laughs> in two years. We'll so be like, remember when we beat that guy? Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forever New Mexico champs going to the Power Five and Big 12. Uh, our voice of the no, nation.
1: No, let's no, not hang a banner like That's
0: we did We won't. <laughs> okay. Our, now for our voice of the nation with our question of the day. With BYU's current roster and coaching staff turnover, mm. what are your expectations for the bowl game? Clyde Livingston on Twitter answers, I expect Jerem Jordan to finally get a, fa- a fantasy football victory when Spencer Linton's team doesn't even play because of injuries, the transfer portal, and changes in the lineup. Yeah, no, Jared. has things. carried Jaren, my fantasy Jaren's football has been—he's carried the team this year. Like I'm now, amazing. I have to go now with like largely. Well, I, have to, I don't have a defender that's available because Max Tooley's.
1: Out. And I'm gonna wave a fool and pick up Cade. <laughs> <laughs> like for sure, so you're gonna take just in case you're gonna
0: take Cade Fennigan. So I've got. You know, I hope Jamal Williams has a big week in the NFL. Fred Warner does so, this thing. He still got balls. And then I hope Puka Nakua does the same catch and passes from Cade Puka Fennigan.
1: absolutely could. But I hope that Cade and, and Chris do me right.
0: Yeah, Cade and Are Cade and Chris the answer to your fantasy football win for the first time this Probably season? Probably not, but <laughs> your boy's undefeated <laughs> in basketball, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Johnson, get
1: healthy! Zach Wilson, to me, has especially, uh, uh, essentially been Spencer Johnson.
0: Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Playing, but n- not doing as much as we were hoping. Yeah. Can I go ahead and wave him already? I'm just going to go ahead and make that official. I know we haven't done it yet, but I'm, yeah. can I go ahead and wave yeah. Spencer Johnson? On Thursday, point? we will formally do that. <laughs> Friday, I think we'll do fantasy football. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right. Uh, there is a somber note that is taking over the college football world with uh, the passing of Mike Leach. We learned that this morning uh, through the Mississippi State University official account that Coach Leach has passed away. Talked about this on the show yesterday. An incredible personality and man, and just one of a kind, unique, a legend in the college football world. Tom Holmo added this on Twitter. Mike is a BYU alum and friend of ours for many years. His daughter and son both worked in our athletic department while BYU students and were incredible young people. We love the leeches. You have our constant prayers and concerns.
1: And that was sent, uh, you know, last night before the news broke out. But, yeah, this is a real bummer, Spence. Uh, 61 years old, was a BYU student, graduated from here played rugby uh, out of Cody, Wyoming, wanted wanted to play college football. And I love the
0: story that you shared about Mike's ties to rugby.
1: Yeah, so in 2009, I was with the rugby team at Stanford. They were getting ready. They uh, beat San Diego State in the semis on a Thursday. And that Friday night, the rugby team and alumni gathered in Palo Alto to get ready for the championship game, to celebrate what could be their first national title. They had lost three years before, previous three years to Cal, but just been blown out. Well, Mike Leach shows up to this. He's the Texas Tech head coach at the time. He's not just doing whatever. He's a big deal. Took the time out to support the rugby team. Went to the national title game. I had a five minute conversation with Mike at the time because he had just been on the cover of Sports Illustrated with Texas Tech Mm -hmm. and the whole pirate deal and everything. And he was super nice. Just like you see him in all his interviews. Yes. Quirky, interesting, funny, genuine. It was great. He was super nice. And uh, it really struck me that he would support the rugby team that he awesome helped played on 40 years before. And certainly part of that Lavelle tree in that he wasn't, you know, formally anything uh, with BYU on staff, to my understanding, but he would informally sort of show up. might've been an analyst or a GA of some kind that way, but he he would be around Lavelle and Norm Chow and these innovators. And he was influenced, obviously how mummy certainly influenced him. And he does incredible work uh, at Oklahoma and then Texas tech, of course, and Wazoo 2012 BYU hosts um, Mike Leach and, in Washington state here at, Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the second home opener of independence that year. And then, of course, with Mississippi State has a massive heart attack, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Sunday and then uh, passed away, uh, we learned last night. So just really sad because Mike Leach. Legend. Legend in the game. Yes. Innovator, unique in his approach to life and his takes uh, were hilarious. And I, I just imagine a real fun conversation with he and Lavelle today. Um, mm. you know, which, which would be fun to hear. But, yeah, we're going to miss Mike Leach. As a college football fan, obviously his connections to BYU, his kids worked in the athletic department and went to BYU, certainly had a connection here. Um, and, and Mike was one of the best in the game. Um, he, one of his coaches, uh, right, Lincoln Riley, has produced three of the last six Heismans. You just see the influence that Mike has had on college football, and he's just a fun guy yeah, to listen yes, to. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to miss that.
0: I mean, you want you want to know what he meant to college football? Spend about 10 minutes on Twitter and look at the high-profile names that he has influenced and impacted, all for the positive, and even some lesser knowns. Some reporters popping up and saying, I remember getting a phone call after midnight from Mike Leach when every other coach that I would requested an interview from had denied me, and he called me back and we talked for 30 minutes, and he was super personable and kind. He did that type of stuff all the time. And yes, he was hilarious. I spent an hour with my wife up after midnight watching Mike Leach press conference tidbits the other night. And we were laughing, like cackling out loud at just how unique and wonderful (laughs) his personality is. He is so funny. Yeah. And one of my college roommates dated his daughter and talked about Mike glowingly. Said, he's so weird, but he's the coolest guy. He's one of the coolest guys I've ever met. gone far too soon. At 61, our thoughts and prayers and love sent to the Leach family. Mike Leach, uh, a legend in college football at the age of 61, passes away. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation after this. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports Play-By-Play. That is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. And it is our pleasure to welcome in former BYU quarterback, a man who led the Cougars to a 10-win season. He is Riley Nelson. He is the radio analyst along with Greg Rebell as the Cougars get set for the New Mexico Bowl. Riley, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Good
2: to be with you this morning, fellas. All right, let's
0: start with uh, the huge elephant in the room, which is BYU's current roster and coaching staff turnover. There's been a ton of it. What are your expectations given... The depleted roster that's available for the bowl game and the limited number of coaches.
2: Yeah, boy, uh, you gotta every game's important and momentum's a real thing and carrying a loss into the offseason, while while it can be motivating for the existing roster, it's hard to recruit off of and you know, you talk about limited coaches giving the that some have moved on and the changes that have been made, but also I know the ones that are on staff are the hit recruiting hard in the transfer portal and, and trying to lock up high school players and really get a, a strong class to head into their first year of the big 12. So hope look, we've been hearing all year from coach Satake and hopefully it's not just coaches speak, but he's talked about the maturity of the players on the team, the strength of its leaders, and hopefully that they can organize and through, you know, through the entirety of this season have developed the skills to where they can prepare uh, given the fact that you know, the position group might have a couple less guys or the coaches leading the drills uh, might not be the ones that started the season with them.
1: Yeah, it's tough because uh, if Jaron Hall doesn't play, it's it's it looks tough uh, given how SMU's playing and what they have offensively with Rasheed Rice and Tanner Mordecai and company. Defensively, they give up a lot, though, so maybe this is a situation where the BYU offense can do something. But let's say... Uh, Jaron Hall doesn't play. If he can't play, Cade Fennegan, we've seen him play, but against BYU, not at BYU. What do you expect in a bowl game in this situation if Cade Fennegan is the guy at quarterback?
2: Uh, I mean, what do I expect? It's probably not as high as what my hopes are. My hopes are being that Roderick Architects' uh, system, very similar to what we see. You know, he's to me, he kind of. Well, he's never been a coaching tree or whatever. He's kind of a disciple of what Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and some of these other guys uh, have established. They got wide zone, and ideally it's play action. It's a very quarterback-friendly system. And what we've seen from uh, San Francisco, right, is they've been able to plug in a guy like Brock Purdy, start the season with Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Plug in, you know, they've been through three quarterbacks yet. They still sit atop the division in the NFC West. What I'm, like, best case scenario, what I'm hoping for is that they're able to plug Cade Finnegan in. He's a kid who's obviously had or reps at the D1 level before. He's, uh, you know, he's not a fresh daisy by any stretch of the imagination. So he should be able to have the maturity to go out there, make good decisions, stay po- poised and calm and within uh, the elements of the offense and, and be able to produce. That will be his production and the offense's production overall will be largely dependent on the uh, performance of the O-line. So if those five dudes up front are getting ready to play, then, then great. And then defensively, hopefully, you know, you got a bunch of young, hungry guys or, or guys who are maybe getting their first opportunity to really shine or, or get their first start or, you know, play 60 to 70 percent of the snaps for the first time and that they're hungry and they want to get an edge on a on perhaps a position battle going into spring or next year and all those things. And, and that you get some, you get a surprise performance out of the defense. Uh, so that's a best case scenario. What I expect is that this is going to be uh, a dogfight. fight. I, like bottom, I'll, I'll just call it like, I think it, if SMU wins, it could very easily be a double digit victory If BYU wins. The real path to victory I see is a, a hard fought game with, you know, perhaps a score late in the fourth quarter, but definitely within a touchdown. Riley, how much would a
0: win impact the state of BYU football right now, and a loss for that matter?
2: Eight and five looks so much better than seven and six. And I, I know it's just a difference of one game, but eight and five heading into to Big 12 and given the turmoil. And, uh, you know, I, I know not every one of our viewers pays attention to what goes on on Twitter, but it, it, if you're even kind of on the periphery, you've heard about some of the, the drama and all the emotions and and the stuff like that. And it's just been a, a drama fought season or fraught season. So if you can end on an emotional upswing, healing heals a lot of wounds. I will continue to say like, chemistry for me is such an interesting thing in sports, because have you ever heard of a team that's won a championship and admitted that they didn't have good chemistry? (laughs) No. That chemistry is only associated with losing. So, you know, is it the chicken or is it the egg that that comes first? But uh, so winning heals a lot of wounds. Um, I know that Coach Satake is – We know by the changes that he's made, and I love the Jay Hill hire. I love Kelly Papinga coming back to BYU. I think that will have significant cultural impact. I know they're going to make some some strategic decisions, maybe not about football scheme, but at least their approach to strength and conditioning and some other things. So I I like the moves that Kalani's made, but, man, a win helps uh, provide some win for your sales heading into the offseason, not just – and I would even say more for the fans even than for the program.
1: Yeah, and, and listen, when the present is inconvenient or, or bad, you just push it forward, right? It's a defense mechanism. If BYU loses, we'll just go, hey, Big 12, reset button, all good. If BYU wins, we'll be like, hey, nice recovery, uh, and then uh, either way, we're going to the Big 12, whatever. You mentioned the defensive staff and this, this new look uh, coaching staff with strength and conditioning and whatnot. I want to ask you about defense and then strength and conditioning. There are two more positions available on the defensive staff. What does BYU need in those coaches in your opinion that we perhaps uh, anticipate could be safeties and defensive line?
2: Yeah, and what's interesting, you mentioned the positions uh, honestly, from my point of view and keep in mind, right? I've never I've never put together a staff and and I don't know how hard it is to recruit guys like this and that, but I don't at this point I don't care that much about like a guy's ability to scheme or even coach up, coach up a technique heading into the big 12. One or one, if not both of those positions need to be coaches with, with strong established, successful recruiting ties into big 12 country, primarily Texas, just because we know about the the gross number of talent and players that it, exist in that state. You need, in my opinion, uh, you need to start those pipelines Uh, as early and as successfully as you can ultimately what will establish and strengthen those pipelines will be success in the conference wins I think that's what players care about above all else but relationships can kind of give you a head start on that so I'd like to see that and and I think if we look at where at least by my evaluation where is BYU going to struggle the most in the transition? I, I don't think like BYU is going to get shut out and average 13 points a game. I think they're going to find a way to score points and offensively put together, uh, you know, a complement of offensive players, regardless of who moves on that can be able to have success in the big 12, not to mention everybody plays bad defense, <laughs> but it's, the, it's, the big 12 deep, it's the defense heading into the big 12 that, you know, uh, uh, if we can't get some, you know, get a really strong, deep defensive set uh, of roster players, uh, 30, giving up 35, 40 points a game is a very real possibility.
0: Riley, because you are a quarterback
2: and because you know
0: what Jaron Hall means to this team and what the departure of Jaron Hall would mean to the state of BYU football, what's your pitch to any quarterback out there in the transfer portal that's thinking about playing at BYU and helping the Cougars transition into year one of the Big 12?
2: There would be no better opportunity to, um, to show what you can do as a leader. And as far as, you know, to what the kids say, putting your team on your back Uh, then to take over a team making the jump from uh, FBS independent into a power five conference, right? Um, You will be with the absence of a COVID junior, essentially what we have is a fifth year senior in in Jaron Hall, who if he decides to move on, anybody coming in, would come in as a transfer. And if they can have immediate success, I know NFL evaluators and coaches would from the intangible aspect you know, they wouldn't question that guy. They'd be like, holy cow, that situation is not one that is conducive to success. And this kid came in and was able to able to deliver. And so that would be on that side of a, any potential players evaluation. And then on the other side of the evaluation, it's like come play, in, in my opinion, the most entertaining conference in college football, where you've got incredible talent. You've got NFL talent on the field every Saturday. Uh, you're a quarterback so you know even the the lower end teams of the big 12 are still putting up points and yards you're gonna have opportunities to play in great stages you know come take your shot come help uh, you know one of the maybe a quip I'd throw in there is help us continue our winning streaks against Texas and Oklahoma before we send that <laughs> to the, you know like I, I, I play on some of those things and then and then my last element of it would be if you want to be pro ready, there's no better place than BYU. Look at our film, look at, look at uh, where we were able to play Zach Wilson in the NFL draft. Jaron Hall is a draft pick hope, you know, maybe by the time you're recruiting a kid, he's, he actually has his position, but he, by all accounts, is an NFL draft pick. We run a system that when you turn on the TV on Monday or sorry, on Sundays, you see, you know, something very similar to the same offense that we run. So, uh, so I would say all those opportunities for college and then it would be hard pressed to uh, I, I would challenge a recruit to find a, a resume in the Big 12 currently, um, you know, a regime in place. You, obviously, there's Oklahoma, but that was all Lincoln Riley. Look at a Big 12 school that's put out a uh, higher caliber uh, NFL talent than BYU and you'd be hard pressed to find it. Mm-hmm.
1: Jaron Hall's on a roster next year. That'd be three former quarterbacks in the Satake era, so that'd be quite a number for a potential recruit to see. I want to ask you about the 2010 New Mexico Bowl. You were injured, but uh, on the roster, of course, and at that bowl game. What do you remember from that big win over UTEP?
2: Yeah, that was Cody Hoffman's coming out uh, party, right? And I, was, I had been living with Cody and... Um, knew knew that he had it in he he was a little bit of a late bloomer and slow developer not not athletically but just adjusting from coming from you know crescent city a super small town uh in northern california on the coast of northern california and coming into byu and the culture shock to where you know uh, a, a religious institution to to where you know he didn't grow up particularly um you know, super active in any in any religion and, and adjusting to that. And then also adjusting to the academic rigors and all of those things. So I was super happy for my roommate and, uh, and his coming out party and to see him get that opportunity. And then the second thing I remember is I had a lot of great friends. In fact, my probably longest tenured friends uh, on that 2010 team. I mean, I'm still tight with all my offensive buddies, but the majority of that offense played beyond 2010. Uh, but you look on the defensive side of the ball, a- Andrew Rich, shane hunter uh, a lot of those seniors defensively uh, it was uh, great to be able to send those guys out because that was a roller coaster of a season in seven and six uh, you know to finish uh, the way we did and replacing the void from a very senior laden team in 2009 and to lose four straight games and battle where battle our way back to ball eligibility and then get that notch that seventh win to finish uh, with a winning record and send out all those uh, you know, our defensive captains and players who I looked up to so much. So those were the two biggest things was the redemption story uh, just of, of that 2010 team overall, but more specifically that defense and the seniors on that defense. And of course, uh, of course, Cody was there. And then just to, cause I know people are, are wondering, um, cause that was at the, maybe not the peak of the Jake and Riley drama, but it definitely was a big theater <laughs> in there. It, it, it did add to my motivation and, and I'd be lying if I did say, all right, Maybe uh, I am going to be holding the clipboard for the rest of my career. Lucky for me, it didn't work out that way, and I was able to, uh, you know, play some more games, meaningful snaps there. But it it was uh, looking like the door maybe was shutting on me there in the New Mexico Bowl in 2010. Riley, it's great to
0: catch up with you. Great insight into the BYU, <coughs> excuse me, BYU quarterbacks into the New Mexico Bowl, and uh, we'll see you down in Albuquerque. Always a pleasure, fellas. See you down in the land
2: of enchantment. Yes, let's go.
1: Uh, we need a we need a Riley Jake show. <laughs> the, the story behind what happened another time. Thanks, Riley. No, okay, a
2: 30, a thirty for thirty or whatever you BYU. Yes, is
1: yes, for fifteen for fifteen. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. Okay, coming up uh, on Thursday night, Gregor Bell. Excuse me, tonight on the BYU TV app, eight thirty Eastern. I was getting ahead of myself. Looking forward to Western Oregon. No, we got a coach show tonight. Gregor Bell and the coach look back over the win over Creighton. Western Oregon Thursday, that team
0: up north Saturday. BYU basketball with Mark Pope tonight on the app. Plus, is BYU in the running for a top spot in the Big 12? In year one? Number one in which category? We'll discuss next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok.
0: He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The bowl game depth chart is out. What's the biggest surprise? Probably the fact that BYU has three healthy running backs. (laughs) It's not been good back there. So yeah, some good news, I'm taking a positive spin here. BYU has three healthy running backs, no Lopini Ketoba, Chris Brooks, Hinkley Ropati, and Miles Davis. All good, expected to play. is going to need all three if they want to establish a ground game and try and outscore this SMU high-powered offense.
1: That's how they can win the game, I think. Um, we've known about most of the guys, but no Harris Lachance was a uh, surprise. Yeah, game. for and sure,
0: and not in a good way, right?
1: No Campbell Barrington. No, Braden Kime, of course, uh, uh, injured, but Campbell's transferring. But Harris,
0: it was like, whoa, shoot, must, ah, must be hurt. Yeah, love Harris. Huge piece for BYU. <laughs> Pun. Uh, Is- Based on fan attendance, Jerem, numbers in the Big 12 from the current season, combined with the attendance numbers from the new Big 12 entrance for next season, and minus Texas and Oklahoma, who yep. might leave after one season with yep. BYU, we see BYU at number one, averaging 59,674 fans a game. Do we expect BYU to remain the top-attended football team in the new Big 12 when Texas and OU leave?
1: Yeah, and I expect that number to go to probably 61 or so. Like, um, maybe it's 63, maybe it's a sellout every time, we'll see. I think Cougar Nation is going to show up in the way they haven't. Oh, for sure. Once you get into the Big 12. It's
0: a hot ticket, right? Absolutely. Like, season ticket sales are going to go through the roof, and it's going to be a tougher ticket because everybody wants to be there for the first year of the Big 12.
1: Absolutely. End year 29. Let's go. Okay, uh, Creighton basketball lost another close game last night, this time to Arizona State. Their net uh, ranking takes a hit. Will BYU's win over the Blue Jays be a
0: quad one on Selection Sunday? Yes. Kalk Brenner's gonna be back for Creighton. We hope so. The Blue Jays are gonna figure it out. They're a good team. They were ranked as high as number seven this season and rolling. They've certainly hit a tailspin for sure, but they've dealt with sickness and injury and BYU was the beneficiary of Colt Brenner not playing in that game. If he Absolutely. plays, no way BYU is winning that game. Come on. I think Boyd loses that game, yeah. For sure. So he's going to get back, he's going to be healthy, they're going to figure it out, and they'll be a top 50 team, net rankings come Selection Sunday.
1: And if they're not, it mattereth not. Uh, Because BYU's not competing, I think, for an NCAA tournament bid. The question is whether BYU will make the NIT. They certainly helped their chances by beating Creighton. BYU's got to continue down that path beat Utah on Saturday. That really helps as well. Oh, man. Right now, BYU is 181 in the net. That means BYU on the road in WCC play is a quad four to everybody on their home gyms. Crazy. That is nuts, certainly that number will go up if BYU finds a, a bit of a win streak. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. but I, I'm Creighton's gonna do their thing, and th- we need a little bit more time to establish a more solid net ranking scenario. Like, like, let's get to January, and then it's like, okay, now I feel like the net is settling yeah, but in. But we're a third of the way through, like we we Except know a little it's, bit. It's pretty early. Like through four games of football, we know a little bit, yeah. We know who BYU is for sure. I guess my statement is in reference to Creighton, like it's it's or like, they'll settle in.
1: Let's say they become number one in that. So what? Like BYU like B- <laughs> B- has to do a lot of things net, yeah. to make the NCAA For tournament sure. which I don't really see at this point. It's whether BYU can make the NIT. And of note, BYU does not, chooses not to play in any other tournament besides those two. So if is not good enough to make the NIT, they won't play in a postseason. Now that's
0: interesting because that was the Dave Rose regime. Would that change under Mark Pope?
1: I, I heard uh, the other day that that uh, it is, will, it will is remain. the plan. Okay. I didn't hear it from an administrator, but I had a conversation where that was. Safe.
0: Okay. BYU women's basketball assistant Listen. coach Aaron Koloff took his suit game for the Christmas dress-up party to another level. <laughs> it, it looks <laughs> like a suit based on <laughs> royal blue wrapping paper. Is Coach Koloff the Drippiest, swaggiest BYU coach this holiday season? This
1: holiday season, yes. I would argue that, uh, generally speaking, the drippiest coach is Diljie Taylor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Totally fair. She, she, Rocking that product. I think Diljie has her
1: own Nike oh, deal. Man. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I, I think she's a big deal. She is. She is for sure. I think we're sure. lucky to have her. I well, think she could make... A lot of money elsewhere, but chooses to be here.
0: Hopefully, BYU's because she
1: loves what BYU is. For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be tough to beat that. I I don't know if I'm ready to call that some some good drip or swag. It's more just like wow, (laughs) right? That's wow. Joy to the world. Wow. Wow. Jeez.
1: (laughs) BYU basketball. Respect it. Thursday night hosts Western Oregon. Speaking of drip. Coverage begins BYU Sports Nation game day, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. I didn't even know where Western Oregon was. 90
0: minutes southwest of Portland in Monmouth. Okay. Hey, there's some serious swag coming out of Monmouth, Oregon. You know it. (laughs) Plus, more of your responses to our question of the day. What are your expectations for the bowl game with all of the roster and coaching staff turnover? This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Get it. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk. Your
0: e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B, alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Our question of the day: With BYU football's current roster and coaching staff turnover, what are your expectations for the Cougars when they match up with SMU on Saturday? Are any of
1: you like, no BYU's winning? BYU's one hundred percent gonna win. Yeah, is anyone not (laughs) concerned? Obviously, no Jaren Hall equals concern. No matter what. Yeah, Even if Conover's sure. here, because we hadn't seen him play, right? And the defensive staff. By the way, BYU's not the only team with quarterback injuries or a depleted staff that are playing a bowl game. 100%. But it's tougher.
0: It would be a tough game for BYU if Jaron Hall were playing quarterback.
1: I think October, uh, September BYU, it would still be a tough game. It would be a tough game
0: year. if Jaron Hall were healthy. And BYU had the whole staff. It's okay to admit yeah. that. Yes. SMU's playing good football. they got a great offense. They office. struggled at the beginning of the year. They've been on fire since. You could, And some people say, well, BYU beat Boise State, and they beat Stanford. Uh, fine, whatever. Both teams have played well, but BYU did so with Jaron Hall. If yep. he's not going to play.
1: Yeah, like, Stanford stunk. Yeah, Boise State, great win no matter what's up with Boise State. Granted, they went to the Mountain West title game. Quality team. Utah Tech. Nah.
0: It, it's nah. okay to... To understand why Vegas odds-makers have SMU as a clear favorite against BYU, it's so, only like a point and a half. Though. It's, it's I would have okay. SMU by like three and a half. And they, do they know? Is it because Kalani said They're what not, he said? Like if they Are knew. They like, wait, is Jaron not going to play? If, the, if they knew, like if we
1: knew Jaron was out, that's not reported. The you know the case. Like he hasn't been ruled out. As no. we
0: mentioned, we'll see. Then that line changes. That line me. swings to like four or five points in favor of SMU. Perhaps.
1: I would go like three and
0: a half. Okay. But realistically,
1: SMU covers that in my opinion. All right. Hopefully BYU shows up and pulls off an upset. Yes, That'd be great. we all hope Obviously this. we want that. We Look all at all the this. BYU stuff in this
0: graphic. <laughs> we will blow the trumpet in studio, B. at least I will.
1: I used to oh, play I the trumpet, Spence. I need <laughs> one. That way I can play along with the BYU Sports Nation. I like it longer. when
0: you play the saxophone.
1: <laughs> yeah, careless whisper. That's a deep cut on this program.
0: Jonathan Holkenson on Twitter says: Super fan with my blue goggles firmly on. Yep. I expect a BYU win with a dominant offensive performance. Okay then. Well, SMU's defense Op- stinks. Offensive line? This yeah, BYU can dominate with the offensive line. They but can. Frankly, do that.
1: both defenses are not great. Um, this could be a shootout. But like Riley said, if BYU wins, it's a close one. If SMU wins, it's probably. Could be
0: double digits. out city. Okay. Hopefully Jonathan,
1: not, hopefully not.
0: Jonathan adds, we will see some young players step up that haven't had much playing time this season. We'll be surprised by some guys. What if, what like, oh, if Miles heck, Davis yeah. pulls a Wyoming game? Yeah. Awesome, again. awesome. What if Cade doesn't a- have to throw it more than 15 times because BYU's running crazy? There we go. That's me. We recorded that. Right? TX Colonel on Twitter says, I expect BYU to pound the rock. Me too. Heavy yeah. doses of yeah. Chris Brooks, Hinkley Rapati, maybe Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. Fly sweep action to Nakua. Oh, there'll be all kinds of Puka Nakua. Just when SMU sells out to stop the run, boom, Chase Roberts is on the case, plus (laughs) Isaac Rex, (laughs) T-Rex over the middle. Uh The defense will surprise everyone with new energy as they seek to impress their new coach.
1: Yeah, there are guys who find for spots. Added motivation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, if you just line up rosters right now, like, it's tough. You line up staffs. It's just, you know, there's not as many guys around. Jay Catch, by the way, uh of uh what 1280 of the zone? Reporting yeah. that uh, Harris' chance having season ending injury is what he's said. Ah, That's why Harris. Well, I
0: I hope Harris heals up, man. He's got a bright future if he wants to pursue football. He's, he's an NFL kind 100%. of guy. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right, up next, uh well, first of all, we should probably remind people how they can Tune in for more game day coverage. Do you
1: want to watch Spencer on his Breaking Bad tour? Saturday, 5.30 Eastern time on TV. You Twilight need to TV. be on that tour with I, me. I know. I wish I was. I wish I was. I'll be busy doing not that. Uh, SMU and BYU in the Cougars. Final bowl game as an independent. Let's go.
0: Don't you want to drive past Hank and Marie's house? Somewhere in Albuquerque. Yes. I want to throw pizza on uh, Walter White's house, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Up next, the top five plays from BYU's last trip to the New Mexico Bowl. Scored 52 against Utah. Oh, yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store,
0: official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain
1: America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast.
0: In preparation for BYU football's New Mexico Bowl showdown with SMU on Saturday, let's look back at the last time the Cougars played in the New Mexico Bowl in 2010 against UTEP. 52 points. It's top five Tuesday, Top, or focusing on the top five plays from that game.
1: I was there. It was a fun day. Number five. Got J.D. False left, first punt return of the day. 43 yards. Brian Correa would cap it off with the rest of the touchdown, giving the Cougars a 7-0 lead. One of many scores that day. But JD getting it done, nearly getting the TD, uh-huh, uh-huh. as he crosses into uh, the other side of the field. Great field
0: position. At number four, the Cougars rounding out a 78-yard drive. Jake Heaps opened his scoring with a nine-yard pass to senior Luke Ashworth. This is the Luke Ashworth game.
1: Cougars oh, that was up. the Colorado State game. That's true. So, yeah.
0: Cougars up 14-0 in the first.
1: Not bad. Number three, Cody Hoffman gets the second of three TDs that day. Three yards out. Cougars up 31-3.
0: Easy money. 31-3 at that point. We're not done. At number two, more Cody Hoffman. Heaps to Hoffman. Breaking away from his defender. Woo. Feet in bounds. 31-yard touchdown grab. Good enough for a billboard. And
1: the top play from the 2010 New Mexico Bowl, Jake Keep finds... Cody Hoffman for a third time, 29 yards, Ooh. boom, goes the Dynamite. Hoffman ties the BYU Bowl record for most TD catches in a game. He sets a New Mexico Bowl record with four TDs. Of note, BYU has thrown, uh, or rushed for four TDs in three straight bowl games as of right now. Perhaps we'll see that
0: in the New Mexico Bowl. There was something special about Cody Hoffman in the state of New Mexico. He had five touchdown catches against New Mexico State. That's right. From, from James, James Lark. And he had three in the New Mexico Bowl. Eight touchdowns in that state. Should have played for New Mexico. <laughs> all right, our elite voice of the day presented by PAX, healthcare elevated. What are you expecting from the Cougars in the bowl game with all the turnover? Tyson Peterson on Facebook says, right now I expect one thing, players to prove themselves for whatever their futures lie, or wherever the futures lie, whether at BYU or in the NFL. Make a statement. Today's rise and shout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. One more time to the legend, Mike Leach, and his entire family. Absolutely. Our thanks to today's guest, Riley Nelson. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of... For are Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Let's give another shout-out to Luke Ashworth. Go Cougs! We'll see you back here in Studio B for more BYU Sports Station and BYU Basketball with Mark Pope tonight on the app.